Now, as promised, let's return to the situation in Ukraine and what appears to be the start of the counter-offensive. Kyiv says it is, quote, moving forward. Well, uh, let me show you a map, first of all, some of the areas where Ukrainian forces are believed to have made several probing attacks along the south and also the eastern front lines around Bakhmut and also the western parts of Zaporizhia and in the eastern part of Donetsk, in particular around the town of Vuleda, some 150 kilometres southwest of Bakhmut. All of this, though, has not been verified. Uh, let's, though, speak now to Justin Crump, a defence intelligence and security expert who served with the British military for 20 years. In a moment, we'll talk to John Simpson uh, as well. But, uh, Justin, your take on what we've seen over the last few hours? I, mean, I think it's, it's fair to reflect at the start that, obviously, Ukraine... Uh, as we heard earlier on, has, has asked people to sort of remain quiet about speculation around the offensive. So unsurprisingly, there's comparatively little uh, verifiable news from the front lines in terms of, of what has been claimed uh, by both sides. Russia certainly claiming to have repelled what it called a very significant attack. The uh, evidence so far suggests it wasn't as significant as Russia uh, is portraying, uh, which raises the interesting question of... Um, whether they're just trying to bolster their own side's morale a bit. And certainly it does seem that Russian forces are somewhat scared of the Ukrainian offensive at the moment. They've obviously been waiting for this for weeks. Um, I don't think they feel they are adequately prepared in many parts of the front line, certainly not the troops who are actually on the cutting edge. And so it's not surprising maybe that Russia would be trying to talk up this encounter, uh, make it bigger than it was, and, and claim a great success to try and help bolster the resolve of its forces against further actions that are undoubtedly to come. What do you make or read into where the the various activity and flare-ups and push is actually focused? I mean, a, a big thing for Ukraine, it's no surprise here, you know, not telling the Kremlin anything he doesn't know, but the, the Ukrainians obviously are going to be very quiet about whether they're actually going to launch their main effort of, of attacks. Uh, I expect there'll be more than one, but they're obviously going to try and raise pressure along the whole front line with attacks like the incidents we've seen in the last 24 hours, um, both to gather information, and you can't have too much information for planning an offensive of this kind about enemy defences, and particularly where enemy guns might be. They sit behind the front lines, and you want to draw them out, if you can, to target those. Any other assets, the actual defence locations, you often can't tell until you're in contact with them until they're firing exactly what is where, even with drones and other things. So Ukraine will be looking to do this all along the front lines, where they've identified opportunities, some of it will be real, some of it will be to keep the Russians guessing, and some of it might be a feint, but actually if it achieves something, the Ukrainians have shown they can pivot very quickly to take advantage of any Russian weakness. So not only along the front line, but also, as we've seen, into Russia itself, along the two countries' borders, or to keep the Russians off balance and guessing and build up that information that Ukraine needs to make this a success. Only a couple of weeks ago, the BBC's verified team were looking at the various Russian defences, using all that satellite technology, seeing the preparations from that side in terms of uh, the anticipation of all of this. I mean, how bloody are the next few months likely to be in terms of casualties potentially for both sides? I mean, I can't speculate on the level of casualties, and I think all of us would know that we don't accurately know how many casualties there have been in this, this tragic war so far, military and civilian. Um, but attacking defence lines is one of the hardest things you can do. It's going to require the very highest standards of what we call combined arms warfare from Ukraine, which is using tanks and infantry and guns and engineers all together to deliver an effect uh, on the battlefield at time and place that they're choosing to 
uh, be able to overwhelm the Russians. So it's certainly um, not going to be a simple task. It is going to be hard fighting, um, although Ukraine has shown in the past it is capable of keeping the Russians off balance and exploiting opportunity quickly. And if Ukraine is able to do that, that will actually minimize the casualties. Um, but for them, it's about generating momentum, displacing the Russians from their defenses, leaving them facing the wrong way, if you like, or in the wrong place, and moving quickly to um, shatter the Russian ability to fight. That is very much the Western way of war, the NATO way of war. It's a bit newer to the Ukrainians. They've shown they, they can do it on a smaller scale, but this is a huge test. So the risk is if they get bogged down in the defences, it becomes more of a slugging match, as we've seen so often. And that's not what Ukraine wants. They need to be able to manoeuvre. They need to capture terrain quickly. They need to keep the Russians off balance and, and get them to recoil like yeah. they did in Kharkiv last year. Justin, uh, great to have you on the programme. Thanks very much. Uh, let's bring in the BBC's World Affairs editor, John Simpson. He's there in the newsroom. Uh, John, as Justin was just concluding there, the Reuters news agency quoting Ukraine's foreign minister telling Reuters that Ukraine has enough weapons to begin its counter-offensive. Every strand of information points us to uh, the early stages of this much-anticipated move. Uh, yes, I think it does, but... We're still at the kind of psychological level at the moment. We're not at the real hard uh, weapons uh, uh, level yet. We're, we're still at the, the Ukrainians' attempt to freak the Russians out, frankly. And there were two things which I thought were, were rather interesting. One is the, uh, the leader of the Vostok, Battalion in Donbass, as the pro-Russian uh, uh, leader there, uh, saying that the situation is difficult and they're starting to see uh, German-made leopard tanks. Now, that had all the, the feel to me of of nervousness, of a kind of of almost of of panic. Really, at the moment, uh, as far as we can tell, the Ukrainians are just probing, trying it out, as Justin was saying uh, just then. They're, they're not launching their major blows yet. And yet, uh, here is the head of the Vostok uh, battalion starting to say, the situation is really getting difficult. And we've seen these tanks. I very much doubt whether they've seen uh, any German tanks at the moment because... Uh, the Ukrainians are going to want their German-made and British-made tanks uh, to be part of a, of a major push-through. Not, they not really use them in, in the earliest stages. That sounds like panic. The other thing I thought was interesting was that, um, uh, that um, uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin, the head of the famous, infamous, you could say, Wagner group, um, is, is already saying Russian troops are dropping back uh, near Bakhmut. He's always trying to do the Russian, the, the traditional, the, the, the standard Russian army. He's always trying to do it down in favour of his own troops. And that too sounds like a bit of nervousness, a bit of pre-match nerves, if you like. Yes. And John, uh, just briefly, I suppose already we're into the, the, the information war battle. Absolutely. I don't know whether you saw that uh, that video that, uh, that the Ukrainian military put out of 
all the different soldiers putting their fingers in front of their lips. Nobody is to talk about exactly what's happened. It's, it's a deliberate attempt, I think, to unnerve the Russians, who uh, are already feeling that they're one down. They know that they're not in a, a terribly strong position. They've got these, these um, uh, defences that they've built up, but their, their morale is pretty low. John Simpson there in the newsroom. Thanks for taking us through all of that.